This is the Joyful Mama Show. We want to help you take actionable steps toward dreams that have more impact, family life that has more peace, and motherhood that has more joy. We think that it's time for moms to rise up in entrepreneurship and change the world. But let's face it, it's hard to sort through all of the ways we get stuck in our own heads and all of the things we feel like we're supposed to be doing. How can we change the world when we're overwhelmed with trying not to feel overwhelmed about homeschooling or power struggles with our kids or taking care of our own hearts, our bodies, and our minds? We want to give you the tools to find rest, joy, and healing while also taking your business and your dreams to the next level. You know you were made for more than hustle. You can feel that you were made for more than the lies that hold you back. And we believe that you were made for amazing things that impact the kingdom of God and the people that God has given you to impact for Him. You were made to be a joyful mama, to have a heart that is thriving, not striving. And we want to help you step into the fullness of all you were created to become. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Joyful Mama Show. Hope you're having an amazing week. We are going to talk today about doing new things and all of the emotions, all of the process that we have to go through internally, externally as we step into something new. Sometimes a new thing requires a pivot from an old thing. Sometimes it's in addition to things that we're already doing, but we know that no matter what, when you're starting something new, it creates some kind of tension. It creates some kind of need for growth and stepping out. And, you know, Sarah and I have both been in seasons recently where we're doing some new things that make us kind of, you know, the stomach squeeze. And we've also, you know, just kind of that's been our story for the last few years, just since we stepped into entrepreneurship and really wanting to make an impact in the world. There's all kinds of ways that we've had to pivot and try new things until we see what really lands. And even sometimes when something lands, it's only landing for a season. And so Mm -hmm. the first story we wanted to share with you guys was actually when we launched this podcast and how that as a new thing for us was really kind of hard. Um, not just kind of hard. It was hard. It felt very vulnerable. Like we were putting ourselves out there and Sarah, I would love for you just to kind of share the story for you because it was even harder on Sarah than it was on me. Like she had like a moment, um, which I'll let her tell about that, but we hope you'll be encouraged by this episode. If you're trying to do something new, if, or if you're feeling like the pull to do something new and those feelings are coming up, you're feeling like Maybe you want to just run and hide and say, never mind. And you're trying to muster up the courage to step into this new thing that you think maybe is God or you're not sure. Is it you? Hopefully you'll be encouraged by this episode to just really lean into even when things feel scary or uncomfortable, that could actually be the indication that it is God and that you're supposed to keep pursuing this new thing. So Sarah, take us back (laughs) to podcast launch day and how that was for you. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculously hard. It was literally one of the hardest days that I remember ever living. And to just tell a story a little bit, like leading up to it, you know, I had been living in Texas. I had been in churches that didn't allow women to lead since I had married my husband. After having been a church planter, a worship leader, a leader in churches and ministries, 
And it was so, 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 so difficult and traumatizing for me to go from having a voice and it being respected and listened to and heard to feeling like I no longer had one. And until I found entrepreneurship, I really did not know how to use my voice in a productive way. It just felt like I was constantly pushing it all back inside or venting to my husband or, you know, like I had no outlet. I had no, I had no way to share what God had given me. And that just went on for so many years. I think it was like a decade at that point. If you know me in real life, like I'm an Enneagram nine wing eight, which means I'm generally, you know, pretty peaceful and go with the flow. But like when I get passionate about something, my anger is just an ever present (laughs) companion. (laughs) So that feeling of not having a voice made me so angry all of the time. So when I had the idea actually to, hey, we should start a podcast, (laughs) I actually came to you and it was my idea. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something to use my voice and I'm not going to make it have to rely on anybody else. Like I was tired of letting the church dictate whether or not I could use my voice. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll create my own platform. I'll I'll make a place for myself. And so I came to you and I said, hey, Liz, what if we started a podcast? I was like, you wouldn't even have to do anything if you didn't want to. I was making, I gave you a get out of jail free card. Like, hey, this, I could just do it, but it'd be under the joyful mama. And you were like, I've actually been thinking about starting a <laughs> podcast. And I was like, Really? So that day, I remember I was walking on my cell phone talking to you in my kid's bedroom for some reason. I don't know why I was in their bedroom. That's when we were like, I guess we're going to start a podcast. And so it took us a really long time to actually (laughs) start the podcast from that day, whenever Mm -hmm. we had that conversation. It was like maybe a year later, which, by the way, today, February... 22nd is the actual anniversary, two year anniversary of the day we launched. It is. Did you know that until right now? I forgot. Okay. I forgot. Oh my goodness. But how amazing that we're talking about all this on our two year anniversary. Wow. So, you know, we took a long time before we launched. We, we, talked about I think we got together we got pictures taken I remember just feeling like like how do I actually start this thing like how do we actually I remember googling articles on how to start a podcast I remember being at my kids gymnastics class and sitting there on my cell phone like looking up articles on what equipment do you need we were looking at courses Mm -hmm. we even bought a course I don't know we were looking at different Lots of different things, research, like what does this even look like? I think we did invest in a couple different courses and then maybe even some like free trainings. I know we were on Pinterest and YouTube and scouring, like how do you logistically? And of course, you yeah. learn logistically. And yeah, like how do you edit a podcast? Like what mm-hmm. program do you use to edit it? How do you record it? Like what do you need to do this? And so there was a lot of like research on the front end. 
And then we started doing some logistical things of like, well, we need to take pictures together. We live in two different, I was in Texas, you're in Illinois. We need a picture for our, like to market this and for our cover mm-hmm. photo for our podcast. And so then we did that and we got together for a weekend in Rockwell, Texas, and we stayed at a hotel and we started thinking through like, what would be the pillars of our podcast? What would be the topics we would talk about? Like, what do we feel called to bring with our podcast? That was in September and we launched our podcast in February. <laughs> Or no, I think it was in August, the end of August, and we launched it in February. So it took from the moment we got together, had this big conversation, took photos until February to actually do the thing. Yeah, that's six months. We wrote down all our ideas for episode topics. Do you remember that like Mm -hmm. huge list we made of, yeah, and then six months to actually go? Mm -hmm. I remember being so scared. I was in a classical conversations community at the time. I was in a church that didn't have women leaders, or at least leading from the pulpit or in the highest levels of leadership. And I felt very, very scared of what people were going to think about me. Mm -hmm. And I, oh my gosh, I sent you that meme the other day. Let me bring it up because this meme just explains exactly (laughs) how I felt. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Okay. So somebody tweeted this and it says, all I want is for everyone to like me, but also think I'm edgy and controversial, but never be mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Can that be That's true? Exactly. <laughs> because you and I thought of homeschooling so differently than like traditional homeschooling moms we knew. We had controversial ideas. We're not your average like homeschool mom. I had a lot of homeschool moms in my church community. Obviously, I'm in classical conversations. So there was just a lot of like fear of crap. I don't want them to listen. (laughs) What if people actually listen to the podcast? What if it's not just for us to feel like we're putting our voices out into the world? And what if people actually listen? Yeah. And and even worse, what if they respond? (laughs) Like, what if they listen and then like message us? Or comment even worse negatively i mean if they want to affirm us i'm all for that but if they have anything negative to say about it i am conflict averse like i don't want so i want to have like controversial thoughts and opinions and really like challenge people but also for them to just completely agree with everything i say (laughs) yes yes that's that's basically (laughs) we want to be controversial but only talk to the people who agree with our side of the controversy so that they're like oh you're you're brave you're saying the thing i'm thinking and we're like yeah and then we're all in this like little circle of like edgy on the same side of the controversy but nobody who disagrees with us is allowed to that party you're not invited i just want to be in our own little echo chamber of edge and controversy but like like you said, a safe place. <laughs> safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be safe because it's only us and people who think like us who are invited. Exactly. exactly. And like part of part of that is like inviting people. Oh, I want people that think like me because they've been they felt rejected by the other mm-hmm. for, from another social construct or whatever. Like they felt rejected. They felt like they didn't fit in. So I want to give them a place to fit in. Yes. And they Part of them agreeing with us is they're like, oh, finally. Yes. 
people who are speaking my language. It's not purely selfish. It's not just we want to hear how great we are. We actually want to create the safe place for for all of you yeah. that think like us too. Because it really is a great feeling to be in a room of like-minded people who are, you know, going after the same things, fighting the same battles, united in like, you know, all the mm-hmm. all the big ways. But yeah, you you get somebody who comes in and they're like, this just happened to me at homeschool co-op not that long ago. Like, oh, I actually do believe that, you know, I'm glad my my husband's the head and I don't have that responsibility and I just all I have to think about is submitting. That takes such pressure off me. And I'm like, <laughs> like, how do I exit? How do I exit? I don't even want to have this conversation with you. You're basically telling me you're relieved that you don't have to think and and have an opinion. Like, I don't know if if we should continue this conversation. So anyway, you're like, put us in a room with people who, you know, we don't have to go there. Or I would like to slip them under the table through another person, perhaps slip them one of our podcast episodes, but then never have to hear their feedback on it. Just so they know that like, here's what I believe. Here's why I believe it. Um, So they can know too, because I don't want to have an argument with them right there, but I want them to know that I don't agree with them. (laughs) Not face-to-face. No, because if it's a face-to-face conversation, and I'm not prepared. I I do feel like I forget all the things I know to defend why we believe what we believe. Like I'm like, I know it's in the Bible. I know it's in there somewhere. You're like, can I send you this article where somebody else explains? <laughs> yes. I've done that to you. I'm like, Sarah, I know we believe what we believe because it's in the Bible, but can you like send me some like actual like I need the references because I'm trying, I was truly at that time, I think trying to like really instill into my daughters, like my preteen and teen daughters, like who had been at that time going to a youth group, which, you know, as soon as I realized how strongly they were teaching things we didn't agree with, we pulled them out of going there, but they were being like indoctrinated with like things that were not in alignment. And I'm like, They've got these verses that they think mean this, and I need to know how to respond. And anyway, mm-hmm. maybe even a QR code people can scan <laughs> at the homeschool co-op and things start to go down that path of, hey, listen, I don't want to argue with you, especially not right here, right now. There's kids like you got to, you know, pick up your eggs and your raw milk on the way out. Everybody's hands are full with babies and <laughs> produce like the homeschool co-op is this whole thing. But if you could just scan this QR code and at your convenience, take a look at all of these articles and listen to these podcast episodes, we could probably sell that. We should package up <laughs> all of the articles and our podcast episodes that address these things and equip our listeners and like-minded mamas to like, hey, I'm not going to argue with you, but scan this QR code and be open to being wrong. <laughs> I would have to make a hasty exit to go to the bathroom and then oh. be like, hey, I have something. I, I can't talk at this moment, but here you can just read this letter that I have already written. <laughs> QR code. It's a video of us. If you scan this QR code, it is because <laughs> we're trying to avoid uncomfortable and unnecessary confrontation with you in a public setting. 
Let us start by saying we love you. And even though we think that your views on X, Y, and Z are completely wrong. (laughs) Oh, man. And then at the end, there's an invitation for them to like, you know, are you willing? (laughs) After examining all of this quite conclusive evidence, are you open to having a conversation now that would agree? (laughs) Check yes or no. Yeah, check yes or no. It's a Google form. The last thing in the Google Drive, the QR code that goes to Google Drive is a form where like a survey. The worst though would be if they don't respond and then you have to see them next week. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, now you already, it would have to be on like the last day of co-op for the year or the semester. Uh Yeah. So you wouldn't have to see them again. Brilliant. This is so emotionally healthy. (laughs) (laughs) anyway so actually to go back to being to real life how did you handle how you were feeling when when we pushed go and what was that experience like yeah well I had a couple counseling appointments leading up to it and I can remember my counselor who's great she was asking me about the joyful mama I had told her about it I was talking to her about like what I was experiencing in the church and how hard it was for me to be in the church and how I just wanted to get out of the church. And it was like, every time I entered into the building, it felt like chains were being put on me and a seal, like suffocating. And I was so triggered all the time. So I was already going to counseling. We had this conversation. I've shared this before on the podcast, but I'll share it again. Well, I told her, all I want to do is go into a cave and have nobody ever hear from me again. Like, I don't want to have to use my voice. Like, I want to use my voice, but I don't want to use my voice. I Mm want to use my voice, but I want people to be asking for it. Like, hey, Sarah, will you please speak up about this? We want to hear you. But to just step out and say, hey, here I am. Listen to my voice. (laughs) Here's my thoughts. Mm -hmm. That is super scary to me. Mm -hmm. And so she said, you know, well, what would happen to you if you did just go into a cave and no one ever heard from you again? And I said, my heart would probably shrivel up and die. I would die inside. Mm. And, (laughs) but if I come out of the cave and I let people hear my voice, I'm going to have to die to myself from the opinions of people and like die to caring so much what people think and die to wanting everyone to like me and die to possible scenarios of like, what if I have conflict with people? Or what if people don't agree with me? And just all of these thoughts that were in my head of like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and it's like all these very elusive, no like tangible thing that was like, well, this one person is gonna, like, there wasn't even anything <laughs> like I could point to of like, well, my relationship mm-hmm. with this really important person is going to get harder if I do this. Like potentially there was things like that, but it was all just very made up and in my head, but hanging over me. And so it was like, I die in the cave because my heart shrivels up or I die to my fear outside of the cave. So either way, I have to die. Yeah. (laughs) And I have thought about that conversation so many times because I have faced that same feeling over and over and over again of, Mm. I just want to hide mm-hmm. and then also it's like this tension this conflict of I want to hide but also I want to be known and I want to give what I have and it's always fighting each other mm-hmm. um 
And it's always like, which one's going to win? And so I had that counseling appointment. And then shortly after that, we were having our launch date, 222. It was 22222. It's the day we mm-hmm. launched on. And when I pressed go, basically on the podcast being uploaded, I think we shared some stuff on social media. I think I was almost having like a panic attack. Like I was, mm. I can't even describe how much anxiety I was feeling. I broke down in tears. Like I was so distraught <laughs> over just having done that. And it was this one of the scariest things I've ever done. And it was mostly, I think I felt so much of that because I was already in like a somewhat traumatic situation with these people. I already felt Mm. like they weren't, they didn't want my voice. I already felt like I wasn't received there. I already felt rejected. And so to do that brave thing within that construct of emotion that I was already feeling in my experience with people was so hard for me. And I, so I basically was freaking out like all day long and you didn't even know that I was freaking out that much. (laughs) You had, I guess you had already sent it or planned it, or I don't know if you did it that day. Do you remember when you said I had planned it? I, I don't think I knew that it was that hard for you. I just knew it was really big. Like it was big for me too, but I just knew that it was like, and of course you had been working you know, really hard behind the scenes doing things that I hadn't done with just preparing and editing and doing all of that. And so part of it was like, I just want to show her my gratitude because she's done all this work on the back end that I have not had to do. And part of it was just like, I know this is like so big. It just Mm -hmm. needs to be commemorated with a plant because I know, I know Sarah is a plant person. (laughs) I go to my front door and there's a knock on the door in the middle of my freaking out. And it is the biggest peace lily you've ever seen. And it's beautiful, gigantic in this gorgeous pot. And it had like a note from Liz. And then I just start bawling again because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I I feel so seen, you know, at this moment, like Mm. in one of the hardest moments of my life. I I wasn't alone. Mm. Like we had found each other and mm. we had partnered together and God had brought me somebody to help me use my voice. So mm. I didn't have to do it on my own. Like I got to have a partner and I got to mm-hmm. have that safety of where it's not just me out here all by myself trying mm-hmm. to do something that's super hard for me because I had done that before in the past. I yeah. had done it on my own. I had started businesses, I had ran courses, I And it was so difficult for me Mm -hmm. and eventually caused me to like crumble and shrivel and go hide. It's one of those times where you look back at the end of the day and you're like, I cannot believe I just did that. (laughs) Like, like not like I can't believe like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. But like, was I really feeling that emotional earlier today? Like, how Mm -hmm. is that possible? Because I feel so different now. Mm -hmm. The emotions passed. Like, I just had to go through it. I had to experience it and just move through it. Then I had to go show up at our co-op, at our CC day. And I had Uh to, like, live with the fact that part of me wanted them to listen. Part Mm -hmm. of me wanted them to know 
what I felt and how different I was and my thoughts are different than yours. And I don't actually agree with you. Part of me wanted them to know. Part of me was terrified that they would know. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly having mixed feelings for like the next couple months. Yeah. Being around those people. And eventually it just kind of went away where it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what I do. And my word for that year was louder. Like the Lord told me, get louder, stop hiding, get louder. So in January, that was my word. And in February we launched. And so I literally just kept standing on that word of getting louder. Stop being so afraid. What was it like for you? Well, during that time, we actually were not like in a CC community. We were not in like it felt more like most of the people that I was like in a in a close circle with or in proximity to were more like-minded with us or I just didn't know what they thought. And so it wasn't as scary. Now I've had to walk through that more because as we've stepped back into being involved in a couple of co-ops, as we've, you know, I'm getting more involved in like our church and youth ministry and all those things. Now I'm like, oh, I'm in proximity again. So actually, I've had to feel some of those things you felt then more so recently because just the seasons of like us being kind of like, I feel like at that time we were just kind of in more of a hidden season and I I wasn't like faced with it as much, but now it is. So at that time it was more, for me, it was more just like this exciting you know, I knew our partnership was going to be so fun because I had, like you, I had done other things on my own. I had tried to do things like courses and coaching and all those things and had a really hard time sustaining anything. One, because I was doing it alone and it was it was hard for lots of different reasons. Some of them were just the if you make an offer and people don't buy your offer or they disagree with something that you taught or they push back on why are you charging for this? So you should just give it for free. If you're going to be talking about Jesus, it should be. Facing all of those things alone was so hard. And then also just the creation process of like, is this good? Is this not good? Does this make sense? All of that alone, like I had a really hard time sustaining anything I could start, but it was like I and even just my giftings is like I'm I'm a great launcher. I'm an activator. Even if I would have loved the the things that I had done on my own, I don't know that I would have had the the gifting or the wiring to really sustain them long term. And that's what you're so great at. And so for me it was like, oh my goodness, I I'm actually starting something that's going to stick. Like I know it's going to stick because we're doing it together. It's going to be fun. We get to bounce ideas off of each other. We get to co-create. And I had at that point learned enough about myself to know that I thrive in partnerships more than I do flying solo. So it was like, oh my goodness, this, it felt like all the things that we had kind of been doing, even things we'd done together, like the courses and the mentorships and all those things we'd been doing together. The podcast launch to me felt like, oh my goodness, now we're legit. Like we are so legit now that we have a podcast and I was just so proud of us. Like I just had this, like, it was like a celebratory, like, oh my goodness, so exciting and so fun. 
And since then, now, especially the more things we talk about that like can ruffle feathers, now I've been like, oh man, hope so and so doesn't hear that episode. But it's so good because like everything you said about, you know, what what your counselor said, like either way we're having to die. So it's like we're either dying to ourselves and getting over the fear of man, or we're dying to like the potential and the calling that mm-hmm. that is on our lives. And it's just stepping into something new, doing something scary. When when it's something that God's calling to calling you to do, even when there's fear associated, I feel like there's just this knowing. And you might have this like back and forth, you know, the, the conversation in your head, like, is this me? Is this God? Like the fact that I'm having such big feelings about this, the fact that I'm so like almost paralyzed by fear and uncertainty and doubt. Does this mean it's not from God? Like, I feel like there's just still this like little small knowing if you can calm yourself enough to like really lean in and you know when it's like, okay, if I didn't do this, I would regret it later. What would happen if I didn't do this thing? What would happen if I didn't take this risk? And what could potentially be on the other side of this risk? Even if there's pain, even if there's rejection, even if people judge you, even if there's hard conversations to follow. There's so much peace in knowing, like you said, yes to the Lord and that you're to the best of your ability, stepping forward into the future that he has planned out for you and the impact that you're called to make. And man, I even just in the last, the last few weeks, we've gotten so many messages from listeners and feedback and and if we think back over the last couple of years impact we've been able to make just by showing up and sharing what God's you know some of it's our story some of it's things that the Lord has taught us through our experiences and just through you know and some of it feels like very like not profound and not you know we're just showing up and being faithful to show up but what would have happened if we didn't you know and uh-huh. How would we feel today if we would have never started? Mm-hmm. Knowing that that was like kind of a dream we both had, that the only way to do it is just to go through it. And our encouragement to all of you guys listening would be to know that when you are faced with starting something new and you and you have that like fear or doubt or anxiety even that comes up, imagine not doing the thing. Imagine being on the other side of it and having, you know, imagine a year from now, five years from now, how will you feel if you never tried, Uh if you never gave it a chance? And there have been things that I've, you know, that we've started that that didn't sustain and weren't supposed to. And maybe Uh even we thought like, oh, this was God and I was, I'm supposed to do this new thing. And then it really wasn't him, but we didn't know it wasn't him until we tried. And I feel like the Lord is so gracious our ears are open and our eyes are looking to him. He can always help us pivot from what we think we heard if we're off by a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the worst thing I think we can do is just stay in this paralyzed what ifs. What's going to happen if we do this? What's going to happen if I use my voice? What's going to happen if I start a new business or if I go to this new place or say have this scary conversation? Whatever the thing is. Yeah. And I think like the person I've become from stepping out 
is the person I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be somebody who could use my voice and who wasn't afraid to speak up and who wasn't afraid to lead, who wasn't afraid to be a leader, the leader out in front, not just the leader behind the scenes, but the leader who whose voice was being heard. And I yeah. think for so long I was wanting to use my voice, but afraid to use my voice. I was with other people who had louder voices and I would just let them use their voice and I would support them, Mm -hmm. which I love doing. It's part of why I love being a coach. Like I love helping other people go to the next level and help them succeed in their dreams. And the, the danger in that is that I cannot live out my dreams and not Mm -hmm. do what I'm called to do because I'm so busy being okay with just helping other people do what they're called to do. And so being on a podcast and, and for me, a podcast was like the perfect solution because anytime I tried to do anything else, the numbers plagued me. Like how many views a video got, how many like something got? How much were people engaging with the content? And a podcast, you're not even seeing the numbers unless you go look for them. Nobody else is seeing the numbers. Nobody else is like judging you. You're not judging yourself based on how quote unquote successful it is. And it allowed me a place to start small and not feel the pressure of performance And that was really, really important for me. It offered me a lot of peace and where I could do something scary in a safe way, a way that felt safe, even though the first day (laughs) felt really unsafe. But after that, like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we're always doing new things. There's always, God's always going to bring new levels of growth for us and new opportunities to do new things. And it, for me, it never is not scary. I don't, there's not a time where I don't have to process through how other people are going to think of this. Is it going to be successful? Will I fail at this? Can I really do this? Those mm-hmm. are the questions that I continuously have to work through. I, I haven't become the person yet that's just so confident that I never have to question whether or not I can do things. And in some ways, I have. like hand me a microphone and just tell me I need you to do this and I'll do it. Like I've become, and you have too, like we've become the people that can do things on spontaneously that we couldn't do before. We have a certain measure of confidence that when we open our mouth, things come out. Something's going to come out that won't be horrible. (laughs) It'll be fine. You know, like it might not be what this person can do, but it'll be good enough. Like we have Mm -hmm. built a certain level of confidence. But we have not gotten to the point where there's we're just so secure in who we are and, you know, have no questions whatsoever. I don't think you ever become that person. That's called being arrogant. <laughs> yeah. No way. Maybe a little delusional. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So having to go through that every time and really like decide if you're gonna step up to the plate and like God's calling you to something can I do this? It's a process. And for me, it's super helpful to have people around me that I can process it with that are safe people. Um, 
I'm going to, I have something that I'm pursuing right now that is new. And I'm like, can I do this? Am I really called to this? Am I capable of this? I'm not the necessarily the personality type that you usually see in this scenario. So, you know, do I have what it takes? Which is like mm-hmm. literally what we called our homeschooling ebook. Do <laughs> you got what it takes? Because mm-hmm. that is the question that we are constantly asking ourselves when God calls us to something. Do I have what it takes to to step away? Do I have Mm -hmm. what it takes to do something new? Do I have what it takes to pivot? Do I have what it takes to be this person that I want to be in this new scenario that I've never done before? And it's a, it's a process and I'm going to schedule some counseling appointments and I'm going to keep talking to people and talk to people who've done it already and people who are experienced at it that can encourage me and give me tips. Like you, we always say success leaves clues. Like, how did you do it? Like, how was this for you? Yeah. But I'm not going to just do nothing. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep doing the next, just like Anna says in her beautiful song in Frozen 2, she's going to do the next right thing. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to do the next thing. And mm-hmm. I don't have to know the whole picture and I don't have to figure out how I'm going to do the end goal but I can figure out how I'm going to do the next thing because I am the person, right? I have the grace on my life and I've become the person that can do the next thing. I haven't even become the person yet that can do the end goal of what I possibly am moving toward. I haven't even become that person yet. I feel like even the most successful expert people in their field like I'm reading a book right now by a guy who's hugely successful in his niche even the people he learned things from it was always what's the next thing I can do and then come back and then okay then the next step and then the next step we're not I don't even know that we're made to have the capacity to have all the steps without getting Mm -hmm. overwhelmed we're made to have community and to work on things together. And if we were able to handle like the whole blueprint all at once, I just think we would crumble. So I think it's like by design that we're like a step at a time. And then if you make a mistake, there's plenty of room to self-correct step because each step truly determines the next step unto the the big picture, which if we had to do all the steps and have the whole roadmap from the beginning, that would not give us any room for error. And whatever the easiest and shortest route is, I probably won't take it (laughs) to make mistakes and because I will be human, right? And so I just think it's so great that we get to little baby steps. I like that. Even just hearing you talk is making me have more excitement about what a joy it is to just do the next thing and to not have to have it all figured out and to just trust and believe that you will end up where God wants you to. You don't have to try to figure out how you can do everything that might possibly be in your future. You just have to do the next thing. And he's mm-hmm. he's got us. It's just a surrender. It's a trust and it's a surrender. And it is a dying to your need to control the outcome. It's a call to humility at the same time. It's like, can you be humble and just be right where you're at and not think about 
it's a prideful thing to be like, well, what is everyone else going to think about me? Like, why do you care? Like, why? Mm -hmm. How big is your ego? Like, Mm -hmm. so it is a dying to yourself, like over and over and over again. Um, But it makes me just think of if I could have the perspective of like, I get to go on an adventure with Jesus and he's with me the whole way Mm -hmm. and he's just leading me to the next thing. I do that thing and then he's going to lead me to the next thing. That it's a joy and it's an adventure and it's exciting. It's like Frodo. (laughs) And he's got the fellowship of all the people going to support him. But like, you know, Jesus is with us and we have community and that's why it's so important. And it's so easy to feel alone because they're not necessarily doing it. Like your people Mm -hmm. in your community aren't necessarily doing it with you. Yeah. Um, but gosh, if you can grab a partner or somebody to team up with, even when you look at like really successful podcasters or influencers, they often have whole teams of people who are producing for them and doing a lot of legwork. And, you know, they're not on their own. There's if you can yeah. be on your own and do something and grow it really big, like more power to you. But I cannot. Mm-hmm. Me either. So. Don't even want to. I don't. It's like, it's too much. I can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not fun. So I guess, like you said, our encouragement is to do the next thing. Do it scared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take imperfect action and don't worry about the outcome. I love how Eileen Wilder, she always says, divorce yourself from the outcome. And I love that concept. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not even your problem. That's not even part of your purview. Like that is not in your realm of what you're supposed to be worried about is the outcome. Just do what you're, you know, you're supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. Everything you said, and if at all possible, run with someone so that as you're taking imperfect action, you're not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the story of my freak out. <laughs> if I can do hard things. <laughs> You can do hard things, but we love you guys and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. To get our free heart-centered homeschooling ebook or to book a breakthrough call about homeschooling or business with Sarah, visit the links in the description of this podcast. Also, we always want to hear your questions or ideas for new podcasts. So do please slide into our DMs on Instagram or post in our Facebook group. We would love to hear from you.